Hello, everyone. My name is Jordan. Welcome to the next episode of Beyond the Sermon. This is a way for us to go beyond the weekend message through conversations, questions and answers, deep dives into topics, interviews, and practical ways to engage throughout the week. The hope is that through this series, you will be encouraged, challenged, and more equipped to be a disciple of Jesus. The last two messages in the cross in the church centered around the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts. I sat down with Isabel Sullivan, an RN at a local hospital and one of the worship leaders here at Faith Chapel, and we discussed what it looks like for her to make room for the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts in her line of work. The conversation went great and the recording went smooth, but I accidentally deleted an unrecoverable file in the editing process. So there are some volume issues, clicks, and buffering sounds as I had to use a backup file. Even still, I think you're going to enjoy the conversation I had with my friend, Isabel Sullivan. Well, Isabel, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, Can you tell us just a little bit about who you are, what you do, and two roles. You've got two roles that I would love for you to talk about. First, your professional role, and then some of what you've done on a volunteer basis through the years. There's been a few different roles you've played Yeah. Um, I am a registered nurse at St. V's here in town or St. Vincent healthcare. For those of you who don't live in Billings, um, you know, you never know who's listening. I appreciate Um, the clarity. Yeah. 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 Um, so I, uh, worked in the NICU, the neonatal intensive care unit for three and a half years. And now I work in this group of nurses called the maternal child float pool. So I work NICU, pediatrics, peds, ICU, and postpartum. So I serve basically kids zero to 18 and, um, new mamas and, um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's pretty fun. And then, um, I also serve on the worship team at faith chapel as a, a vocalist and, um, yeah. So, and I've been doing that for a few years now. I, um, did, I served in high school with Jordan actually, um, when I was in high school, but then I moved away to college, did that whole thing, came back, Lord refined me quite a bit and then started serving again. Um, so yeah. Very cool. So we, we are just a little bit of context to, to our conversation today. We're talking, we're responding to, um, the message from honestly the last couple of weekends. So this last weekend, as we continue in the series on first Corinthians. Um, but we're in chapter 12 talking about spiritual gifts and mm-hmm. um, which can be a very confusing topic yeah. for a lot yeah. of people. I, yeah. mean, I, even, I mean, you grew right. up in the church. I grew up in the church. We've had, I took a spiritual gift assessment at one point. Um, oh yeah, I did too. Yeah, and, and I don't know that that helped or. No. Oh, no, nope, I agree. Yeah. I don't yeah. think it did. Yeah. If anything, it brought more confusion. <laughs> It brought some confusion. Uh, yep. <laughs> and one of them was, I think, I don't want to make too light of it because I know some people put thought, effort, and intention into it. And I'm not going to say Very it much was so, yeah. extra biblical, but one of the spiritual gifts was creativity. And as I read through the list, I'm going, I don't know where that came from. Like, I don't see that in there. I don't, I don't <laughs> see that. Um, so that gave me some arrogance that I probably did not need. Um, sure. Sure. <laughs> God gave me creativity. Um, so listen to me. So, so listen sorry. to me. My ideas are amazing. <laughs> I probably, I, you actually probably heard me say something, unfortunately, in my younger leadership days. Probably, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> but the last weekend, Nate talked about, and he had this really, really cool phrasing um, and talked about, you know, the original word of the Greek word of common good and had this sentence that he said, where these gifts, these spiritual gifts that are given to people are for the common good. They're for everyone. And Mm -hmm. he had this, um, 
recurring thing throughout the message where he he was phrasing things like, as you go through your life, you're going to see people who are carrying a load that's too difficult for them to bear, or they're yeah. feeling anxiety, or they're feeling overwhelmed, or they're in a, in a state of pain, potentially. And yeah. so the whole point of the gifts is to help other people carry their loads, to, to look into their lives and say, hey, I think this could help. And so as those spiritual gifts are listed, um, they're from that perspective of, Right. Not from a wow factor. Hey, look at how cool I am. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. I am, right. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm but, so good at this. <laughs> right. Yeah. But from a place of service. And so my, just to kick off our conversation, broad stroke question, how have you seen that happen in your line of work, specifically in nursing? Um, somebody's life and say, how can I help? carry your load? I know it's a huge question, but maybe give us a 30,000 foot view of how you've experienced the Holy Spirit as a nurse. Yeah, I think um, it's something that I I actually was just having a conversation with a coworker the other day about, we like to talk, we joke as nurses all the time about the things they didn't tell you in nursing school. And um, a huge part of that was what it was like to be a burden bearer. And um, they didn't really emotionally prepare you, but I think the Holy Spirit spiritually prepared me in a lot of ways. Um, but, uh, they don't teach you. I walk alongside grief often and in many different ways, whether it's physical grief, they've lost someone or, um, grief in a new way of like grief of the loss of their perfect idea of something or, you know, a diagnosis they can't understand or something like that. And, um, to be able to carry one another's burdens, um, when I have never met them, I am only know them in a professional setting technically. And a lot of times I spend a lot of times, especially in the NICU, some of these babies are in there for months at a time. So I get really invested with these families and then I put them in a car seat, pack them up and send them home. And sometimes I never see them again. And I, I can't do that without the Holy spirit because it would just, my heart would break all the time. And I think that, um, to allow the Holy spirit to drive those conversations and fill me afresh every time, because I would just be so empty if I continually poured out, gave my heart, did stewarded my position. Well, um, I would be empty in my own strength, but the Holy spirit continues to fill me up overflowing. And because I I will say this, and I'm sure a lot of other people can relate to this, but, um, bearing each other's burdens is not easy. And often it's not very fun. And, um, if I'm being completely honest, it's just, it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's also, it's difficult to do when you don't really know them, but you have this responsibility to them in my line of work. And, um, so I will say I'm very thankful for the Holy spirit because I would probably be a bad nurse if I didn't have him personally, but I just think I couldn't, I couldn't do, um, the connection, how coming into their family in that way, into an extremely sensitive, intimate and vulnerable season of their life, um, without the Holy spirit out front. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, I think that's true. It should be maybe more true of all of our roles where right. know, I love I love how you phrase it as like, I just couldn't do it without the Holy mm-hmm. Spirit. And I think that should be, you know, our posture all the time. You know, we should right. be, you know, I've, I've talked to different people and, and I've, <clears throat> I've started to come up with this. Nate talks about this idea, 
um, throughout scripture where it talks about we're going to be people who carry light into dark places, like the gates of yeah. hell cannot stand against us, which means, you know, it's an offensive push. We're going into dark sure. places. And I've getting to the end of my life and having battle scars, but more than just sure. physical, but like, I, I hope that at the end of my life, there's like, oh yeah, like I'm a little worse for the wear because I'm going into, yep. you know, places, but the only way weathered, there, I'm weathered, <laughs> weathered. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that requires where I'm not comfortable yeah, and where I am, you know, relying on the Holy spirit daily. So I love that. Mm-hmm. love that posture. Yeah. Nate, Nate used that phrase. You pick up part of the you're experiencing. Yeah. And can you, can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like in your role? The pain side, but maybe in some of the beauty side too, because I've heard you tell some really mm. neat stories about how that's, yeah. You know, you've gotten to see all the time. It's not just devastation. No. But you also yep. have gotten to see some really beautiful ways that God has moved. Uh, can you share some of that? Yeah. So I think when Nate said that, that was like the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, my job, <laughs> like picking up the pain other people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, you know, especially in, in the NICU, but peds as well. But like, I know that I am not a part of the birth plan. Like they don't want me in the room. Like if I am in the room, that probably means something is wrong. So even just sometimes my presence alone can be extremely unsettling. And that's, yeah, that's something I've had to kind of, um, work through in my own pride, you know, and and submit to the Lord. Yeah. I remember that, you know, having our boys that there were NICU nurses. Um, my wife had a C-section both times. And so there yeah. were nurses on call. And the first one, we were we were afraid he was going to have to go in to the NICU because mm-hmm. he might have been breathing in a bunch of bad stuff. I won't right. get too, I won't gross people out, but it was just like, <laughs> it was scary, you, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's very true. And so just even having those nurses in there, like my heart rate elevated and I'm like, yep. it's this weird dynamic because they they want us there because we know what we're doing and we can help their baby but just our physical presence entering the room everyone's like (laughs) you know you get uncomfortable and so they yeah another thing they didn't tell you in nursing school um and so i was like okay great they're not happy to see me yeah (laughs) uncomfortable so i'm like great and um so that's something I totally did have to submit to the Lord, but I also think it's kind of cool because, um, we, I have a unique perspective of sharing hope. Um, because I will say when, no matter what, if they are born 15 weeks early or five days early and they are in the NICU, like that, there is fear involved and there is, I, I mean, all kinds of tension and, um, in that moment, that parent can only see that moment, but I can see the 30,000 foot view. I can see the future of, of, I know what this trajectory is going to look like. And I can speak life over their situation, meet them in that moment of fear and pain and grief. And, um, but then also I can share hope with them of, I've seen this a lot before, or I can, I can point out different ways that that baby is succeeding or the mom is succeeding or things like that, that they are just too wrapped up in their own pain to realize. And I think that's also just really true of us as believers is that we meet people in situations of pain. And, um, it's a lot easier, I think in a broader spectrum of just being a believer in community with other people. I think it's, um, 
I can look and see the faithfulness of God easier in someone else's life than my own. Cause I'm overcome by my circumstances, my pain, my fear, my insecurity, whatever. And, but someone else can do the same for me. And that's beautiful Christ centered community of calling out the faithfulness of the Lord in each other. And I think that I have a unique opportunity to do that. Um, I, it, again, my job is super vulnerable. And, um, so people are kind of barren at all heart, soul, body, and, um, they, they need my help, but they don't want it sometimes. And to meet them there, I've had some super cool opportunities to, that I've just really connected with families. I had a patient who, um, and this just my worlds sometimes as a nurse and a worship leader don't collide. Sometimes they seem separate, but I have these few moments where they have collided in such a supernatural way that it's like, you can't miss it almost, you know, like I see the Lord's hand, just like, boom, like we, like they're together. And that both of those parts of me were intentional and intended to be together in that moment. And so like one time I had a patient who, um, he was not going to make it. And I was super connected to him, super connected to his family. And I took care of him his whole life and he ended up passing away. But, um, one night his mom, his mom needed sleep so bad and she didn't want to leave him. And she, um, came up to me and asked me and she said, Hey, I know this sounds weird, but someone, she's like, someone kind of snitched on you. And, um, they told me that you can sing. And I was like, cause I don't really talk about it much at work. And, um, you know, cause I'm not gonna be like, Hey everyone, guess what? <laughs> you don't just walk down the halls, just like, belting uh, just no, like... I definitely do not do that. Okay. Yeah. And if I That's... do, you, it doesn't sound good. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. And she goes, I just am really feeling anxious about leaving him. Could you, could you sing over him tonight? And immediately the Holy spirit wells up within me. And I was like, absolutely I can. (laughs) So I, um, the mom went and I just was able, I kind of shut the door in his room and I knew that situation carried a level of pain that I was going to feel and they were going to feel deeply. And I was able to worship over this baby and seeing the goodness of God and the faithfulness of him, pray for his family, pray for his siblings, all of those kinds of things, all because I was his nurse that night. And, um, it's, it's those moments that that's what keeps me going. Cause being a nurse is not easy and it's been a really difficult year and, um, things like that kind of light my flame forward, yeah. you know? Yeah. yeah. That's so neat. I would even ask how, how, how have you even had messages of encouragement? Like, have there been moments where you've like had, you know, it talks about, I just opened up actually to read through some of those lists and the, the one that jumped out to me to one there's given through the spirit, a message of wisdom to another, a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. And, and, and have there, have there been moments where you just have, cause we've all been in those. What do I say? You know, you're with mm, somebody, mm, mm. they're in a moment of pain or they're in yeah. a moment of, confusion or anxiety or whatever it might be. And I think the most, some of the most of life are going, what do I say? What, what do, do I, I say? Do? Yeah. In, in that's your every day, right? You go to work mm-hmm. and you're in those awkward moments of yep. how do I navigate what to say and what to do? And, and obviously, you know, you're going to, you're going to figure that out and learn how to navigate those. Sure. Um, and there's 
Um, but as you talk about this overlapping of uh, even trying to to make sure you're not just setting who you are and going, okay, putting that in a box and then going to work and then, you know, exactly. Yeah. In your life. How has that shown up? Like whether it's a, a word of yeah. encouragement, a word of knowledge, understanding, I don't, I, I don't know what, how has that played out for you? You know, I actually have this instance that I remember, um, hearing the Holy spirit say something to me and being like, Isabel, I need you to go tell her this. And I was like, okay. And in the moment I didn't think anything of it, but I was taking care of a little baby and she had a teenage mama and she, um, had a tough, that teenage mom had a tough relationship with her parents. And it was, um, quite the social situation. I'll just leave it at that. And, um, but I was incredibly proud of her at 16. She came to the NICU every day. She did everything she was supposed to. She met with the doctors every day. Like, I mean, she, she was incredibly faithful mom. Like she did a really good job. And, and I just walked up to her one day and I just saw her holding her baby and talking to her, but she just seemed down. Like she just seemed different. And I walked up to her and I grabbed her by the hand and I just said, you're a really good mom. And she just fell apart because no one had told her that. Right. And in that moment, I've, I've told hundreds of moms that they're a great mom because right. that's a very common part of my job, but it just felt a little bit different. Like right. the Lord was like, I need you to go meet her where she's at and sit with her right now. And she just wept and she told me all of her insecurities and inadequacy of being a mom and that right. she didn't know if she could do, you know, all of those things. And it, we, it really opened up this beautiful conversation for her and I to have where I could speak life over her and words of encouragement, because not only had I been her child's nurse, but you, you do become friends with some of these parents, like as you equip them and teach them and get to know them. And I've taken care of friends, like personal friends, children that that is a beautiful thing because then there's a level of safety that they feel knowing that someone they love and know is taking care of their child. Um, and I think again, like I said, it's such a vulnerable situation that my words matter to these people. And so I really, I will a lot of times sit in the car before I go to work and be like, Lord, please control my tongue and guide it where you want it to go. Because Mm. I, I can build up these people with my words so beautifully, but I can tear them down with one slip of the tongue, you know, and I want to be really intentional with the way that I speak over these people. And a lot of times they need, they need a lot of life. They need people to speak life over them because it seems it's a pretty, it can be a pretty dark world down there in the hospital and um, to be able to speak joy and life and hope over people is something that I really want to be a steward of, but I also want to be sensitive to, like you said, like it is a gift. It's, it's entirely the Holy spirit using my position and my obedience. So all I can do is say yes and obey what he's asking me to do. And that's something that I'm sure I, I know that I failed that, but I'm trying, you know, and I try to let, let him lead me in those, in those, like exactly like that, like those specific situations where he's like, is like, I need you to go and I need you to do this for this person. And I'm like, okay. Cause in the moment it probably is like, it doesn't really mean much to me, but then all of a sudden right. it just opens up this beautiful door, the faithfulness of God, you know? And, um, for 
the Holy Spirit to move and encourage and build up. And yeah. Yeah. So how do you, how do you, how have you created a, um, maybe the word is discipline or system. I don't know what the right word would be for you, but how have you made sure that you step into work with that perspective? Because I imagine that just like any other job, it could be easy just to show up. It can just be easy yep. to just be there uh, to just yep. survive. And so what, what has been a help way that you've reminded yourself and invited God to be in those moments and had a sense of expectancy or opportunity? Prayer. <laughs> sure. Like, and I, I will say that I, I know that there are days I clock in and clock out like that, yep. whether it was, I have something going on personally and I just, it, and I know that that's something I can struggle with or sometimes like, I just don't want to go to work or I have too much going on personally or mentally or emotionally. And I feel like I have to compartmentalize all of that. Cause I do, I have to compartmentalize my life, my personal struggles, my emotions to make room for the situations that I'm walking into. But I think that that has come with spiritual discipline is learning how to compartmentalize my life, but not compartmentalize the Holy spirit Mm. and like to set aside what I'm going through, to step into what someone else is going through. And I think, um, because that would be so inappropriate if this mom is crying to me and I start falling apart, like telling her what I'm going, you know, like that would be so inappropriate. So learning, what does that look like? And I, and I know that I failed and, and I've compartmentalized the Holy spirit. I've stuck him to the side and I've, um, just kind of been going through the motions for lack of a better term. And I, um, but I will say like being fervent in prayer, I, I pray for my patients all the time. I want, I try also, I work only night shifts. So, um, not, there's not a ton of people around all the time. So I, and I am a extrovert to my core. And so sometimes I'm like, man, I just need some people time. Like, and right. so I talk to the Lord all the time while I'm at work and yep. just am talking. I mean, at four o'clock in the morning, I, a lot of times I've round and like even just by myself to get up and walk. So I'm not falling asleep, but I'll just go and pray for each patient that is on the floor. And, or as I'm doing something that could be potentially invasive or harmful or whatever, just in my mind, constantly lifting up this family, lifting up that patient to focus and fix my eyes on Jesus. Cause at the end of the day, the care that I'm providing my position in these people's lives means nothing without Jesus. And if anything, it's just, I put an IV in them or I help fix their broken leg or I help, you know, it, it didn't mean anything. And, but putting Jesus out front and letting the Holy spirit lead, um, adds a level of significance to what I'm doing. Um, that I never want to be desensitized to. That's something that I've talked to a couple other friends that are nurses that are believers too. And I was like, I never want to be desensitized to the position that I have. And, um, cause I think, and that's anyone like the position that we all have that you have Jordan, that my friend, you know, like teachers and nurses and lawyers and all these things that we have a unique position that matters and is right. spiritually significant if right. we would choose to engage it. Right. And so right. I'm, yeah. 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 And Nate, Nate kind of talked about that too, is, is that some of our mm-hmm. placement, you know, like we are put in those spots because, you know, Nate talked about this idea of, 
when there is somebody hurting around you, he's going, yep, I've got somebody there. I've got somebody, right. you know, there who's ready to help carry that burden that to be right. strategically placed. We're not, you know, sometimes I, why was I born here? Why was I born in Billings? Why was I born in? Right. Ex- yes. America? You know, there's a lot that, like of existential different. crisis of like, yep. why am I yep. specifically like, why, here? Why here? <laughs> uh, yeah. But in that, I, I have to remind myself to remember, oh, there's, there's, and there's yeah. placement too. You know, it's, it's not just random. And I was even just thinking through the story of Joseph, um, which is one of my favorite Old Testament stories, but just mm-hmm. his, his placement in the story of, you know, so many lives because of where he was and, right. and, and allowing his life to, um, to move and, and obviously was influenced by, um, by God's hand. So, just to shift gears a little bit and it's, it's mm. along that same vein, but in, in this mindset in the holistic view, like there's a posture from being a spiritual consumer to a spiritual contributor. And so That's you, true, yeah. you have adopted a mindset that says I'm going to show up and I'm instead of I'm going to show right. up and consume. And, and there's a, there's a definite different, approach sure. there it's not what can i get out yeah. of this but it's what can i give to this how have right. you cultivated things that you've done to remind yourself of that um or maybe even some key concepts or shifted that for you to where it's like yep there it was for me does that question sure. make sense i think so yeah um and if i'm off on a crazy tangent just like skirt yeah, me back I'll be, I'll be um but thanks jordan um but i think so not only just being faithful and diligent in prayer, um, and I think sometimes growing up in the church, spiritual disciplines are interesting because um, it's very easy for me to think that I am not good enough without them. Okay. And uh, do you know what I mean? As like growing up in the church and oh yeah, yeah. Um, so it's letting the Lord redeem. Yep. Yes. Thank, yeah. That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. And so I've, you know, really been trying in the last, I would say like two or three years to let the Lord redeem a lot of those ideologies in me. And what does it look like to talk to the Lord? Because I want relationship with him instead of talking to him because I feel like I have to, what does it look like to read the Bible? Because I desperately need what it says versus I want, versus I want to seem spiritual or whatever. So I think as the Lord has been redeeming those things in me, there's been come with that um, has been this beautiful sensitivity to the Holy Spirit's voice. And um, there are times where, you know, the I think the Lord speaks to everyone in different ways, but, um, you know, being diligent in prayer, re- obviously reading the Bible, but sometimes I think I can get, um, focused on, I need to read this certain passage and do this. And even just, it was like two days ago, I think Friday or Friday night or something. I remember I was reading and I, I heard the Lord say, stop and sit right here. It was chapter one, verse one, like, like here. And it was like, I, Paul, an apostle, you know, and I was kind of like, really? And then, okay. but all of a sudden, yeah, it kind of just like, really verse one, like, okay. Yeah. And, um, but it, the Holy Spirit just spoke something beautiful to me in that moment because I just stopped and I sat there for a minute. Whereas I was full speed ahead. I was going down the pipe, going to read the whole thing and check it off, go to bed. And, right. um, but it was being sensitive to listen that 
his ways are higher than mine. And, um, I also have, the Lord has blessed me with incredible friends and community of which hold me accountable that, um, I have let into my life in a way and invited them into my life and my heart in a way that if they saw me going through the motions and not, um, not putting Christ at the forefront, they would call me on it. And, and they have before. Yeah. And, um, so I think accountability is a big deal. Um, and, but also being extremely honest in that accountability is a piece of it. Cause you can say you're accountable to someone, but actually not really tell them much. And so I, um, have some really faithful friends who are like, Isabel, I'm sorry you're struggling, but I haven't heard you. I haven't heard you pray about this. You're talking about it, but you're not praying about it, sis kind of thing. And so, um, really calling me forward. And, um, so that's what I would say is it. And also I don't, um, I don't have a ton of believers at work. Um, it's not, I don't, I have a few, but not, not a lot. And so sometimes it's easy. It's one of those, how do I, how do I lift up versus being pulled down? You know, the classic like youth group thing, it's easier to pull someone down than pull someone up, you know? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, um, but they're not wrong. However, many years later, they, they knew what they were talking about. (laughs) There's something to that. Turns out they, yeah, yep. Yep. When I was 16, I didn't want to hear it, but now, um, but I think that is, um, if I can maintain these spiritual disciplines in a way of, I want to do it in a way because I desperately love Jesus and I want to look more like him. So what does it look like to walk like he walked, to talk like he talked? He reached into situations that from my fleshly perspective would go, uh, no, thank you. And, but Jesus goes right in, you know? Right. And so to to let the Holy spirit build up courage within me to enter into yep. that situation, yep. to dispel pride and that I am not going to make a difference, but right. the spirit of God living and active in me does. So I got to get out of his way. Right. And so maintaining that communion with the Lord, whether it's through prayer, through um, reading my Bible, even just sometimes sitting in the presence of God. And I've done that before where you, you expect God to speak and I think expectancy is a big deal too. Um, Believing that he's been faithful before and letting that carry forward. I know he's going to do it again. Looking back at, I think that's a huge spiritual discipline. It's been a very big deal to me is looking back at the past faithfulness of God, Mm. all of the different ways he's been faithful to me and come through for me, protected me, taken care of me and, and then letting that rise up within me, this expectant yeah. faith that he's going to yeah. do it again, because then I'm going into kind of a dark situation sometimes that, but that's so welled up within me that it can't help but come out. Yep. Yeah. So can you share maybe some, some ways that that's, that's, or as I stumble over my words, can you, can you maybe share some ways that do help remind you? Like what, what do you, what does that look like to remember? For you, does, is yeah. that like reading through past journals? Is, are you a journaler? Uh, I like, wish. Yeah. <laughs> I wish <laughs> I was a journal. I've tried so hard. Yeah. Yep. I just, I want to be, and I'm not. I get bored, and yep. I, I know yep. that that's something in me. Um. So all you journalers out there, way to go. More power to you. I wish go. I was you. 
<laughs> yeah, strong work, everybody. Um, but I have journaled in the past, but I think um, I have, uh, yeah, so reading through past journals, but um, again, I've got a lot of um, again, friends who have called out faithfulness in my life and um, having conversations with some people. I've got a couple few deep friends where I can go to them and be like, listen, I'm feeling really discouraged. Can you remind me what in that situation, can you remind me what you saw in my life or, um, the things. And often if I hear something from the Lord, whether it's Isabel, I need you to do this. Or, um, oftentimes for me, it's, this is who I say you are, or this is who I say I am and a characteristic of God that I maybe didn't fully understand. Sometimes I will literally just write that down with a date because I'm not a journaler, but I, it needs to be written somewhere. Like I need to have it and, you know, I'll do it, post it up on my mirror, in my car, things like that. May, I make notes on my phone too. And I'll yeah. um, have, I'll like set alarms. So they'll come up on my phone, oh, cool. um, yeah, different things cool. like that, yeah. that will come up and, and have, um, but I think also the Holy Spirit's been super faithful to me in that way of bringing it up. Like all of a sudden I'm thinking about something I'm like, wow, haven't thought about that in 10 years, yeah. but yeah. he's like, remember Remember that I will leave no stone unturned, that every part of your life when you're walking in obedience mattered. I saw it all and I will use all of it if you submit it to me. And so that's, those are just some even practical ways that I can, because remembrance is hard. You know, we live busy lives and full lives and it's been, um, that's been a spiritual practice I've been really trying to work on. Yeah. 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 And I really like that sense of expectation that you talked about, like walking into situations with that, because I think something I can do and and something I imagine other people would resonate with is that you can walk into a situation and and feel like it's, Oh, yeah, exactly. You know, sure. And more monotonous activities of life, you know, going to the gas station, going to the grocery store, you know, running errands, or there's even probably relationships that we have that just, rote and ritualistic and just this is what we do this is our interaction and mm-hmm. we don't expect it to be something outside of the norm but yep. shifting our perspective and our posture I, I just i really like that idea of showing up to places with this sense of god what would you like to do here i'm here if you want to use me i'm ready yep this this will be great right. which yep. i think yep. that's hard but that remembrance element I think is a big deal. And you see that throughout scripture too, old Testament, you know, they would build those monuments to remind themselves, look at what mm-hmm. God did here. And so that's, yep. that's, that's why I was curious is I think we have modern versions of that are different for sure. But to yep. Go, hey, yep. Remember when God did this, remember when mm-hmm. he moved in this way. Um, and those are just great ways to, to, uh, to live in that expectancy. I like, I like that approach. Right. So my final question to you, uh, Isabel would be, how would you encourage somebody to be or to begin to shift toward inviting the Holy spirit to help carry other people's burdens as you've had experience Mm -hmm. in that. um, Mm -hmm. I think we can learn from your perspective there. How would you challenge? How would you invite? How would you encourage someone to to begin that process? I think, um, letting the Holy spirit lead is a, is a significant act of trust and trusting that where he's asking you to go is worth it. Mm -hmm. Trusting he'll protect you. If it seems 
scary or hard or painful, um, trusting that he will take care of you or, and he will control the situation and, um, trusting God is, is difficult when you can't see the outcome. And there's a lot of times, most of, honestly, most of the time in my line of work, I can't see the outcome. I think I might know what's going to happen, but I don't. And, but I think that that's true with life is I have no idea what's going on. And, um, I think I would encourage people that, um, God is good and he can be trusted. And that act of remembrance is you've seen it do, you've seen him do it before. Right. And believing that he'll do it again, um, being okay with the mundane, yeah. being okay with inviting the Lord into the mundane, that um, you smiling at that checkout clerk can be the love of Jesus in that moment. That right. sometimes, you know, we want our eyes to be open to the miraculous, but he's also miraculous can seem mundane to us. Sure. And there's, there's a lot we don't see, um, but a life full of submission means all of it. And yeah. what does it look like to submit every piece of your life? And I think, um, again, being diligent in prayer. And that's something I was even just talking to. Um, I served up at camp last week and I was talking to some of the college kids who were there. And, um, one of the things that I was encouraging them is don't hide yourself from the Lord. And be completely honest with him, full submission, good, bad, ugly, big, scary, all of it. Give him everything because right. again, he, you can trust him with it. He's faithful right. to use it if you give it. And, um, so for me, at least I've, my life of submission to the Holy spirit has been open-handed. I just, I want to hold everything in my life with open hands. Like I am not a nurse by my own strength. He, I mean, Jesus basically picked me up by the scruff of my neck and was like, you're going to be a nurse and dropped me into nursing school. Like it was, it's kind of a crazy story. So I have to hold this so loosely because he gave it to me so beautifully, but he could take it away. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, my relationships, my money, my family, my anything. I want to hold it loosely and steward it well, because yeah. it's not mine. And again, if I'm holding something that's not mine, I take, better care of it. Mm -hmm. When you have some, when someone's entrusted you with something, you're a little bit more mindful of how you're caring for it. And that's how I want to view the situations, the assignments that God has given me is yeah. that I want to take good care of them because his name is on them. And, um, I want to look like Jesus to the people that are around me. So, um, does that answer your question? It does. Yeah, no, that was great. Thanks. Isabel, thank you so much for, yeah. for sharing part of your story with us. Super appreciate it. Yeah. I yeah. Thanks for having super. me. <laughs> super appreciate it. Was super, yeah. <laughs> it was so fun. <laughs> thanks, Isabel. Okay. Thanks, sir. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, would you share it with someone? We'd also love to hear from you. I read all the emails that come in and respond to them myself. You can reach us at podcast at faithchapel.cc. Looking forward to hearing from you.